Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Mulder. Thursday, November the 5th, 2020. Kickoff 8pm. The contents. The manager, Mikel Arteta. The captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Voice of Arsenal. Arsenal Academy. Match action. Arsenal versus Dundalk FC. Forward Arsenal. Arsenal women. Arsenal history. My story. Visitors, Mulder. Player feature, Joe Willard. And teams. Manager's Notes. Mikel Arteta. Sunday's win felt like a really good step for this team to take and what our process is built towards, but we have to build on these results. We absolutely merited the win at Old Trafford and it was great to finally win there in the league for the first time in 14 years. Before the game I said to my players, please, let's be who we are today and play with our identity and style and I was so pleased that we were able to do that. Manchester United are a difficult opponent but we played how we wanted from the first minute, showed our quality and overall we deserved to win the game. We were controlling the game well in the first half, but as long as it stayed goalless, I have to admit that what happened against Leicester came back through my mind. Against Leicester, we also dominated the first half, and in the second half, we couldn't find a way to win the game. But at the weekend, we got it done, and we looked very mature. The way we manage the last few minutes of games is getting better and better. We have people coming off the bench who really help the team, and individually, the players who were required at that stage had a great game. There were good performances across the park, and I'm really pleased with the way our players have settled in so quickly. They play with a lot of maturity and look like they've been here much longer than they have. Don't forget, Thomas and Gabriel are completely new to this league. Honestly, I didn't expect this level from them so soon, because I know how tough this league is. You cannot compare it to any other league in the world. But we try to pick certain characteristics in the profile of players that we want to find for our club. Then we want to minimise the risk by looking and looking and making sure that they can contribute to what we're trying to do. I know that there are still some connections and units where they don't have that flow because they haven't played much together. I can see that. But also I can see the spirit we are creating and the personality that they are showing on the pitch. 
Then you've got players like Mo, who have been away from our team for a year, but he deserves a lot of credit too. What Mo transmits to the team is special. He has this energy as a person. He goes in the room and creates a positive atmosphere. I said to him that we needed that energy and positive feeling that he brings all the time. He was tremendous. But I must say that everybody's ready for the show at the moment, and that's how we want to keep it. We knew the importance of the game on Sunday. We knew we hadn't won there for a while. And we also knew you have to beat the top teams if you want to be fighting with them. It's something we haven't been able to do in the last few years, especially away from home. We have to improve on that. There is a gap and we have to make it as small as possible, as quickly as possible. That's the challenge we are facing. To be fair, this season we've already been to Anfield and we took them on face to face and we went to the Etihad and we didn't accept to lose the game there. Then at Old Trafford we did the same, except this time we won. For now, we want to take this on and be consistent and show the same desire and hunger tonight. Results like Sundays generate belief in the squad and it binds everyone together. We want to continue our good form tonight against Mulder in the Europa League. Everyone is going to feel really part of it because players who haven't played so many minutes in the Premier League until recently will be involved. The fixtures are crazy at the moment and the physical demands are huge. Everybody has to be contributing and focused on what they are bringing to the team. That's the question you have to ask of yourself. It's not just on the pitch, it's off it as well and in training. We're looking at what you can bring to the team, how you can help and how you are contributing. I'm really happy with the team and we have another chance to prove we are up for the fight and up for the challenge tonight. There is a huge incentive. A win will take us clear at the top of the group and closer to the knockout stages. So let's go for it. Captain's Notes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. My last notes were just after we'd lost to Leicester. I'm writing these two days after another 1-0 away win and a very special one for us. We are all feeling a lot better after that win on Sunday and we have to say that everybody on the pitch contributed to the win. Not just the guys on the pitch at the start but also the guys that came on from the bench and also the support we had from everybody on the side. It was a good game and a good performance from everyone. You could see how happy we were afterwards. I enjoyed my goal too, of course I did. It's funny because I play video games a lot with my friends and whenever I beat them, that's the dance I do. They are always like, oh no, why are you doing that dance? So I just wanted to play tribute to them when I scored. So it would be nice to see that I've known that it was all about and it's all about the nice dance. As I said, it was a great performance from the whole team and it was great to see Thomas Partey play like that even though he's not been here long. Off the pitch, he's a really humble guy and you can see that on the pitch as well because he really gives everything in the game. He is really simple and quiet, so humble and yet we all really like him. He's really funny so Sometimes he'll do some jokes and we won't be expecting it. So he's settled in really quickly. On the pitch, his strengths are his energy and the way he can stop the counter-attacks and dangerous situations. It's really important for us, and I think he locked down three of Manchester United's midfielders on Sunday. That's my point of view anyway, and that's really important for us. Also, he can play forward really well, and he regains the ball, so that's a good point for us. 
It was also a fantastic performance in midfield from Mo Elmi. I think his loan spell was good for him to go out and get more experience. He came back with the experience, and that's really important too. He's been playing since he came back, and he's just been unbelievable. I don't know if you saw the video on Instagram of his spirit at the end of the game. I don't know how he did that. That is the energy that he had, and that's what we want as a team, and everybody really wants to play that way. We want to give everything in every minute, and that's exactly what Mo is doing. He's a funny guy, Mo, and I think we are similar people. We are both always smiling and being positive, so when we get together, it's always funny. We laugh a lot. It's really, really nice to be around him. We got a lot of games at the moment, and we are back at the Emirates tonight in the Europa League. We have a lot of players in the squad this season, and I think everyone will get the chance to play games. We know that all these games are concerns about injuries, and I think everybody's ready for action when they are needed. We saw the young boys do well in the last game in the Europa League against Dundalk. They are ready. They showed that in that game. Then why are we doing well? Because everybody's prepared properly, and they're ready when they're needed. Flo Bagelum was one of those who came in with the last game. He's very, very talented for sure. And he shows every time he plays with us that he's a really great talent. He works hard and he's a humble guy as well. I love his style. He's, he's like an American rapper. He's cool. We get him well. I don't see him that much, but when he trains with us, we have a laugh. We have Lacquer as well. Maybe I am a mentor now to these younger players. When they watch me training or in games... I'll always try and advise them when I can. But I'm a guy who likes to do jokes first. But of course, if you can't give words to them that will help them, I will always do what I can. It's nice to be a mentor before. I was in their place and now I'm older. I think the most important thing is to show an example on the pitch. It's not about taking the time. It's about showing what you can do on the pitch. What you can do in the training. They have to see that, put it in their bags and play their game. We play mould tonight and I've played against Norwegian sides before, so I know their style of play. We will study mould closely before the game, but we expect that they will come here for the three points. Europa League games can be very different to the Premier League, but we have done well in our first two and I'm confident we can play well and beat them. I know they have a Nigerian centre-forward, Lecky James, and we see an African influence growing in Europe more and more. I think we've had some great examples of African players doing well in Europe before. Players like Eto, Drogba, they were inspired African strikers across Europe and everywhere. Finally, starting today, there is another lockdown in England, and I find myself saying the same things as I did in March. We have to stay safe, first of all, take care of each other. The most important thing is the health of everybody. So let's support everyone and remember to do the important things. Wash your hands, wear your masks when you go out to places. It's going to be another difficult time, but we must stay positive. It's like a fight where we have to help each other to win. I'm sure we will come back to normal life very soon. I'm positive and I'm hopeful this lockdown will not be for too long. Voice of Arsenal UEFA Rules Reminders 
video assistant referees are not being used in the Europa League group stages. However, UEFA have decided that VAR will be used in the knockout stages, which are scheduled to start on February 18, 2021. Another difference between European and domestic games relates to substitutes. Teams can use five substitutes in Europa League games, drawn from 12 players on the bench. The situation in the Premier League is of course three substitutions from seven substitutes. Group B, current table. Arsenal played 2-1-2, drawn nil, lost nil, 4-5 against 1, goal difference 4.6. Molda played 2-1-2, drawn 0, lost 0, 4-3 against 1, goal difference 2.6. Rapid Vienna played 2-1-0, drawn 0, lost 2, 4-1 against 3, goal difference minus 2. Points zero. Dundalk played two one zero drawn zero lost two four one against five goal difference minus four points zero. Tonight's two participants are making the early running to qualify from Group B. Let's hope the Gunners can maintain their position at the top of the table. The criteria to decide who qualifies from the group follow the same format as previous seasons. Points total. Goal difference. Goal scored. Away goal scored. If the team still can't be separated, the above four criteria will apply exclusively to the matches between the remaining teams to determine final rankings. The two top teams will qualify for the two-legged knockout stages. The round of 32 will take place between the 12 Europa League group winners and the four best third-place teams from the Champions League group stage drawn against the 12 Europa League group runners-up and the remaining third-place teams from the Champions League group stage. The winners and runners-up of the same group cannot be drawn against each other. Teams from the same association can't be drawn against each other. The UEFA Europa League group winners and the four best third-place teams from the UEFA Champions League group stage play the return leg at home. Furthermore, from the round of 16 onwards, Teams from the same association can be drawn against each other. Program ITK The Matchday Program team go to the depths of the databases to find the ultimate stats and facts. Our 99th problem. Molder tonight become the 99th different side to play us at Emirates Stadium. Aston Villa were our first ever opponents for an official game, back on August the 19th, 2006 a match that ended 1-1 thanks to Gilberto's equaliser. Dinamo Zagreb then became our first opponents in European competition four days later. A game we won 2-1 with Freddy Lundberg and Mathieu Flamini on the score sheet. In total, there have been 395 matches at our home against 98 different teams. Tottenham have played here most often, 18 times, with Liverpool 17 second. Of the 98 visiting sides, 48 have faced us in domestic competition, while we have played teams from 22 countries in European competition. Molder are the first Norwegian side to play here. We have beaten all but 10 of the 98 opponents at least once. We have recorded most victories against West Ham and Newcastle, 12 each, and scored most goals against Tottenham, 42. Rapid Vienna will become the 100th different opposition when they visit early next month.
Win, win, win. A program subscription. Want every program this season delivered to your door free of charge? Of course you do. All you have to do to be in with a chance of winning a program subscription for season 2020-21 is answer the following question correctly. Which player wrote his captain's notes in the program from August 12, 2007 until November 15, 2008? A. Cesc Fabregas B. Thierry Henry C. William Gallas Answers to us via program at arsenal.co.uk or at AFC Programme on Twitter before Monday, November the 9th, 2020. Programme ITK 2 Arsenal's 1-0 win at Old Trafford on Sunday was a significant result for the Gunners in many ways, not least the narrow margin of the victory. Did you know that? 1-0 has been the scoreline in our last six league wins at Old Trafford. November 1st, 2020, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. September 17th, 2006, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Emmanuel Edibayor. May 8th, 2002, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Sylvian Wiltord. March 14th, 1998, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Mark Overmars. October 20th, 1990, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Anders Limpa. December 21st, 1985, Man United 0, Arsenal 1, Charlie Nicholas. The win in 1998 was Arsene Wenger's first victory at Old Trafford and the victory at Old Trafford in 2002 famously clinched as the league. Prior to 1985, the previous 1-0 win was back in 1925 when Jimmy Brain scored in what was only the great Herbert Chapman's third match as Arsenal manager and first away from Highbury. Before 1925, we also beat Man United 1-0 on February 29, 1920, when Jock Rutherford earned us our first win against United since our move north of the river. And even further back, the Gunners' very first away win against United, then Newton Heath, in the league came on March 15, 1902. The score, you guessed it, 1-0. Walter Anderson. In all, we have won 16 league games at Old Trafford in our history, nine of them by a 1-0 scoreline, a hefty 56%. Arsenal, league champions, 1930-31, stroke 32-33, 1933-34. 1934-35, stroke 1937-38, stroke 1947-48, stroke 1952-53, stroke 1970-71, stroke 1988-89, stroke 1990-91, stroke 1997-98, stroke 2001-02, stroke 2003-04. Stroke FA Cup winners, 1930-1936-1950-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1971-1
1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 1991, shared, 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017. Fairs Cup winners, 1969-70. stroke European Cup Winners Cup winners, 1993-94. stroke FA Youth Cup winners, 1996, 1971, 1988, 1994, 2000, 2001, 2009. Arsenal Football Club, 75 Drayton Park, London, N51BU. Telephone 0207 619 5000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Twitter at AFC Program. Directors Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Crunker, Josh Crunker, Tim Lewis. Secretary David Miles. Life President Ken Fryer OBE. Chief Executive Officer, Vinay Venkatesham. Technical Director, Edu. Manager, Mikel Arteta. Ken Goldman. It was with great sadness that Arsenal Football Club learned of the recent death of Ken Goldman, age 81, after a long fight with cancer. Ken was very well known in Arsenal circles as a frequent and valued contributor to the Matchday programme, where he specialised in matters relating to refereeing and the laws of the game. Indeed, we were still including a regular feature with Ken, a dissection of some of the game's new laws, as recently as season 2017-18. Although a solicitor by profession, his life revolved around football, and he still officiated at the occasional game beyond the age of 80. For many years, he edited The Normidian, the magazine of the North Middlesex Referee Society, and where he was a highly respected figure. From the Referees Association, he was awarded in 2017 the Meritorious and Long Serve Award, and he exemplified their motto, Service Before Self. His journalistic skills also extended to matchday reports for LBC and to the London Football Coaches Association, where he was magazine editor. His many contacts in and outside the world of football will remember Ken as a loyal friend and a font of knowledge about the game. He is survived by his former wife Ruth, son Danny, daughter Emma, four grandchildren and long-time partner Michelle, to all of whom we extend our condolences. Rest in peace, Ken. Ref Watch This evening's referee is Halil Umut Mela, who is from Turkey. Halil is in his third season as a Europa League referee and has officiated in one match in the competition this season. CSKA Sofia nil, CFR Kluge 2, when the 33-year-old showed five yellow cards. Developing strong young gunners. In this issue, young gun, forward George Lewis. Remember, first Norwegian, Havard Nordfeit. Match report, three high-scoring games, and news, big contract news. 
Young Gun, George Lewis, talking to Aidan Small. My love for football started at a very young age. Growing up, I had my brother to go out and play football with, and that's how it all started, really. That's my earliest memory of football. But in Norway, most kids start by playing futsal, rather than football, because it's so cold in the winter and it becomes difficult to play outside. That's still quite interesting to me because I feel like playing futsal at a really young age has shaped me into the player that I am today. When you play futsal, it's all about having fun and playing in a very technical way. It's about dribbles, quick combination play and scoring crazy goals and I've always loved that. Back then, the result wasn't too important. The most important thing for all of us as kids was nutmegging or rainbow-flicking someone. When I was 12, I started playing for my first academy, and it was for the biggest team in my city. As a kid, I was always playing for the age group above me, and I even used to join in with my brother's team. They were three years older. For as long as I can remember, my head has always been focused on football. Sometimes I used to go to school and bring no books in my backpack, only a football and some spare trainers so I could play during break. The next few years of my career between the ages of 16 and 19 were quite interesting. I was dropped by my academy and then picked up by a club who were in the championship. I joined their reserve squad and things started going really well for me. And then just a year later... I was called up to the first team when I was 17. I was really young and considered an emerging talent at the club, so I was expecting to get a lot of minutes and that I'd be able to make my mark. But things happened and I found myself on the bench for most of the season. That was really tough for me, so I eventually chose to leave the club for an opportunity elsewhere. All I wanted to do was play. I took a step down to the second division and joined a senior team there, but despite feeling like I put in some really good performances, I found myself on the bench for the second half of the season. Again, it was really tough for me, but I was brave and never let that impact me. I was just trying to remain focused. In the end, I went back to my home city, and there was a newly promoted team called Floya, who wanted me on a trial. They were about to play in the Norwegian third tier, and they invited me to a tournament called the Itromso Cup. To cut a long story short, I finished as top scorer, and that's when my journey to Arsenal started. As a team, we played far better than many people expected, and I was really happy with my performances, so I thought, OK, maybe now it will be easier for me to find a club here, and I can kick-start my career with some game time. But then I received a call that I'll never, ever forget. My agent had been speaking to a few clubs after the tournament, and he said, George, you won't believe this, Arsenal wants you for a trial. In that moment, I lost my head. I didn't know how to react. I genuinely thought he was joking, and I asked him to promise me that it's true about five times. It was a dream come true, and from there I did everything I could to make sure that I was ready to come to North London and impress. Being able to tell my family was such a privilege. All of my family are massive Arsenal fans, and to be honest, I don't think they believed me. They were joking that it could be an Arsenal C team, 
but I was like, no, it's the real Arsenal, I promise. Officially, I've been at the club for just over two months now, and looking back, I'm really happy with the way I've started. I've scored against Ipswich in the EFL Trophy and assisted Ben Cottrell against Brighton, but unfortunately I picked up an injury and I've been out for the past month. I just can't wait to get back out there, but on the plus side, it's given me some time to reflect. The other day I was just thinking how I used to watch Ozil, Aubameyang and Lacazette on TV, yet here I am now at Arsenal training with them. I've trained and grafted so hard over the past few years, so it's amazing to get little rewards and experiences like this. It's something I'll remember for the rest of my life, but right now, I'm focused on having more days like that. George Lewis, low down. Got me into football? My big brother. First footballer looked up to. Ronaldinho. Best friends in football. Emil and Mikel Conradson Side. Best goal I've scored. A solo run from my own 18-yard box to the other. Best piece of skill I've done in a game. Rainbow flick. Team supported as a child. Arsenal. If I could choose a new position, central midfield. The one stadium I'd like to score in, Emirates Stadium. One type of goal I'd like to score. From my own half. Best training ground tip I've had. Train like every day is your last training session. Another sport I'm good at table tennis. Favourite training drill, finishing. Ambitions this season away from the pitch, learn to drive. Biggest lesson learnt off the pitch at Arsenal, greet everybody with a smile. Rate yourself, speed, 85. Shooting, 60. Dribbling, 99. Passing, 46. Defending, 32. You. If I could be any footballer, Lionel Messi. Favourite follow on Instagram, Cristiano Ronaldo. Most played Spotify artist, Drake. Favourite pre-match song, Lil Baby How. Best footballing attribute, dribbling. One thing I want in my football career, win the World Cup. The one thing I need on an away day, sleep. Player who shaped my game most, Neymar. Something not many people know about me. I can speak five languages. If I wasn't a footballer, I'd be a physio. Academy alumni. Catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from Emirates. Harvard Nordfeit. Harvard Nordfeit tells a story about when Arsene Wenger arrived in Vat in North Norway to secure the services of the 16-year-olds from Haugesund, recalling that the entire village came out on the streets to try and catch a glimpse of the famous Monsieur Wenger. His move to the Gunners was certainly big news in Norway as the best young defender of his generation headed to one of Europe's elite clubs. In his first season, 2007-8, he was named on the substitutes bench for the final Premier League game of the season against Sunderland, but wasn't called upon, and that was the closest he came to gracing the Gunners' first team. He made numerous under-23 and reserve team appearances over subsequent years, 
but never quite managed to take that final step into the first team. He also enjoyed loan spells at Salamanca in Spain, Lillestrom in his homeland, and FC Nuremberg in Germany before, after three and a half years at Emirates, he headed to Borussia Mönchengladbach on a permanent transfer. Hubbard flourished in Germany, playing 187 games and scoring 12 goals over six seasons. In fact, his form was so good, playing primarily as a defensive midfielder, that he was even linked with a big-money move back to Arsenal. On May the 16th, 2016, Harvard was back in London, signing a five-year contract with West Ham. But after a disappointing season, in which he played just 21 times, he was back in Germany, this time to Hoffenheim, where he has played 46 times over three seasons, though he did spend the last half of the 2018-19 season back in London on loan at Fulham. A regular for his country, and capped at every youth level, Harvard has 52 full caps for Norway, and has scored twice. Match Reports Under-18 Premier League Saturday, October the 17th, Arsenal Training Centre Arsenal vs Brighton and Hove Albion Arsenal, nil, Brighton, five. Scorers for Brighton were Lang in the 23rd minute with a known goal, Pupion in the 44th minute with a penalty and the 90th, Miller in the 45th and Moran in the 59th. Playing for Arsenal under-18s were Grasic, Norton Cuffey, Lang, Foran, Ogungbo, substituted by Owe in the 26th minute, Surian, Patino, Hutchinson, substituted by Bandera in the 46th minute, Taylor Hart, substituted by Planch in the 81st minute, Edwards and Flores, subs not used, Hedjahiri, Sweet. Our under-18s had a day to forget in the Premier League South as they were beaten 5-0 by Brighton at London Coney. Ken Gillard named a strong side with Kido Taylor Hart in fine form after assisting on his first start for the under-21s just four days earlier, but the Seagulls took charge of the game early on and we failed to recover. We got off to the worst possible start when Levy Lang inadvertently cleared the ball into his own net before Cameron Papillon doubled Brighton's advantage from the penalty spot. Todd Miller then went on to make it three on the stroke of half-time, catching us out on the break to fire into the top right corner via the woodwork. Following the restart, Andrew Moran finished coolly inside the area after latching on to a cutback before Perpion rounded off the scoring with an injury-time strike on the counter. Premier League 2, Saturday, October the 17th, Meadow Park. Arsenal vs Manchester United. Arsenal 3, Manchester United 3. Scoring for Arsenal were Nelson in the 18th minute, Balogun in the 64th and 70th. For Man United, the scorers were Pugmal on the 3rd and 50th minutes and Hugel in the 56th. Playing for Arsenal under 23s were Hein, Saliba, Dinzei, substituted by Makinev in the 64th minute, Kirk, Cedric, Control, Willock, Alibiusu, substituted by Lopez in the 86th minute, Nelson, Balogun, Smith, Rowe, substituted by Aziz in the 46th minute. Subs not used were Okonkwo, Akinola. 
Fuller in Balogun struck twice as our under-23s fought back to draw 3-3 with Manchester United. Cedric, William Saliba, Joe Willock, Rhys Nelson and Emil Smith-Rowe were all named in the starting eleven, with the latter playing his first minutes and picking up a shoulder injury in August. The visitors took the lead inside three minutes, when Arno Pugmal fired into the top corner with a free kick on the edge of the area. Nelson equalised through another free kick, sneakily firing in at the near post with a dipping effort, but just five minutes after the restart, Pugmal grabbed his second, converting the rebound from a missed penalty. It was just moments later when Joe Hugill reacted first inside the area to fire past Carl Hine from a set piece. But we didn't give up, and we were rewarded for our positive mindset. Latching on to a loose pass on the halfway line, Nelson set Willock free down the left wing, and the latter picked out Balligan inside the area, who battled with two defenders before poking the ball into the bottom corner. The 19-year-old looked sharp all afternoon, and in the 70th minute, he completed our comeback, coolly finding the bottom right corner after being teed up by Ben Cottrell. There was late drama as Alex Kirk was dismissed for a second yellow card, but we held on for the final 15 minutes to secure a share of the spoils. Premier League 2, Saturday, October the 24th, City Football Academy Manchester City vs Arsenal Manchester City 4, Arsenal 1 The scorers for Manchester City were Amicia in the 24th minute, McAtee in the 58th, Dilap in the 84th, and Dionku in the 90th minute. For Arsenal, the scorer was Muller in the 6th minute. Playing for Arsenal under-23s were Hein Lopez, Dinze Lang, Elabiusu, Akinola, substituted by Foran in the ninth minute, Aziz, Cottrell, Makineff, Moller and Balogun. Unused subs were Taylor Hart and Serjan. Nikolai Moller scored on his Premier League 2 debut as we were beaten 4-1 by Manchester City. But the scoreline doesn't tell the story of the game as we delivered a spirited defensive performance after going down to 10 men and being forced to use an outfield player in goal. Still hunting for our first PL2 win of the season, we made an exceptional start after Moller combined with Foller and Bolligan on the break. Moller won the flick on and set Bolligan through on goal, but his effort was saved, and our new signing converted the rebound. Disaster struck just moments later, though, as Felix and Meacher raced behind our defence and charged towards goal before being wiped out by the onrushing Karl Hein. Our young goalkeeper was shown a straight red card for his late challenge, but the drama didn't end there. With no goalkeeper on our bench, defender Taylor Foran was introduced for his Premier League 2 debut, taking Hein's place in goal. Shortly after, Moller had a golden chance to double our advantage, firing Ryan Alibiosu's dangerous delivery over the bar before City equalised through Unmicha, who finished into the bottom corner from a tight angle. Foran produced an exceptional save to deny Conrad Riley from close range on the stroke of half-time. But shortly after the restart, James McAtee handed City the lead with a cool finish from the edge of the area.
We came close to an equaliser when Miguel Aziza's dipping free kick from distance forced James Trafford into a difficult save. Before Liam Delap furthered the host's advantage with a powerful strike into the top corner, Alpha Dionku made it four deep in injury time, latching onto a squared pass to convert from close range. Academy News More Mon Lewis Zane Mon Lewis has signed his first professional contract with the club. The 17-year-old defender is a product of our Highland Academy, as well as an England youth international. He was called up for England under-17s last year, where he won the Syranka Cup in Poland. Last month he played 90 minutes in a 2-0 win over the Czech Republic. He has played and impressed for our under-18s with his composure on the ball. Congratulations, Zane. Charlie signs on. Charlie Patino has also signed his first professional contract with the club. The highly rated 17-year-old midfielder is an Arsenal Academy graduate and England international who has played for a higher age group every season for Arsenal as well as England. As a 14-year-old, Charlie captained England under-16s against Spain and in the same year he made his debut for our under-18s against Chelsea. He has played consistently for our under-18s this season and is known for his technical ability. Congratulations, Charlie! Osei Tutu suffers setback. Jordi Osei Tutu is set for a spell on the sidelines with loan club Cardiff City. The 21-year-old suffered a hamstring injury and speaking after their 1-1 draw with Derby County, manager Neil Harris said, We are not going to see him certainly in the next four to six weeks. He is going to be a loss for us because he was just starting to show what a good player he is going to be. Osei Tutu made a fine start to life in the Welsh capital, making seven appearances as a right-back. The season prior, he enjoyed a successful loan spell with VfL Bochum, where he often started as a right midfielder, scoring five goals and providing three assists. Osei Tutu joined the club back in 2015 from Reading, and has since featured in a number of first-team friendlies, in addition to being named on the bench in two Premier League fixtures. Welcome back, Nathan. Our under-18's 3-1 win over West Brom last week proved to be a special moment for Nathan Butler Oyedeji as he made his return from an eight-month injury layoff. The young winger was introduced as a second-half substitute for Ken Gillard's side, replacing Marcello Flores on the wing. The youngster, pictured in the hard copy, will now be keen to make his mark for the under-18s and make up for lost time. A powerful, skillful and direct winger, Nathan scored a brace against Tottenham Hotspur during his first season as a scholar. Europa League, match day two, 8pm, Thursday, October 29th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 3, Dundalk 0. Debutant Alex Runarsson was called into action after just three minutes, making a full-stretch low save from Patrick McKelleny's 20-yard effort. The keeper would have been pleased to safely claim the resulting corner kick as well. But from that moment on, the rest of the half was played almost exclusively in the visitors' half. Rhys Nelson and Nicolas Pepe had shots off target while Pepe also headed over. 
Sead Kalasnak had a header tipped over while Joe Willock's low drive was saved. Eddie and Ketia then missed from inside the six-yard box, but was soon to make amends. Visiting keeper Gary Rogers flapped at a corner and Nketiah pounced to slam home. Without a point to defend, Dundalk now had to change their approach and were punished immediately. Willock smashed his shot into the roof of the net after Pepe's effort deflected into his path. Second half. The half-time break provided only a temporary respite for Dundalk, with Pepe curling home a fine right-footed shot from the edge of the area just seconds after the restart. Ainsley Maitland-Niles could have added a fourth, but shot straight at the keeper as we kept our foot on the pedal in search of more goals. Teenage striker Folarin Balogun was introduced for his debut in the final 20 minutes. The young American showed some nice touches in and around the box, but was often crowded out by the Irish defence. Mustafi. 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 Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. How far in advance is your schedule arranged? What does training look like this week, for example? Well, we're doing this interview during an international break, so it's a little different from a week where you've had a game at the weekend because of that. We'll make it very intense and there will be lots of physical training to make up for it. Then we'll have a little break at the end of the week, which is needed because we didn't have long over the summer at all. We've been using the international break to put in some really hard work, but also to recover and to relax. What type of training sessions do you enjoy the most? At the moment, I'm enjoying everything. I've just come back from injury, so it's been great fun training with my teammates again because it's been so much better than training alone. I love it because it's intense work. During a normal week, when you have a lot of games coming up, you're not able to do a lot, so you have to do a lot more standing around and tactical work. But in the international break, you can put in some extra work. But on the flip side, that's hard because you don't have as many key first-team players with you. So it's harder to work on the specific tactics and movements because you need to update them when they return. What do you do the night before a big game? Well, for me, having two kids at home, it's just the best if we can sleep through without being woken up in the night. But now that I'm 28, of course, I'm always a little bit nervous and you get that funny feeling in your body. But it's not like it was before because I've played so many games over the years that I can sleep quite well the night before. What are your plans for tonight? I've got nothing on tonight. I've just finished training, so I'm going to be going home shortly, and then I've got to pick up my kids from their playgroup. So I'm going to spend some time with them, pick them up, bring them home, play a little more, have dinner, put them to bed, and then I can enjoy the rest of the evening with my wife. If you have to work on one of the following, which would you choose? Coaching, management, media, or outside of football? I think it's quite a difficult one to answer, to be honest, because there are so many things in my head. Apart from football, I'm working on something that has nothing to do with football. But then I like to stay in football, so I'd go into coaching, but not straight after my career. I want to do something else first and have a break from the game. What do you still want to achieve in your career? Of course, to play football, to win trophies and to be successful. But this is a team sport. 
So sometimes you can be bad and the team still wins, and sometimes you can be amazing and the team still loses. So the one thing I want to say is I've achieved when I retire is to give it everything I've had. It's something that's very difficult to achieve because there are so many games and so many training sessions and you're not always able to give it 100%. But something I'm trying to do when I retire, I never want to feel sorry for myself because I could have done that differently or done it better or maybe given a little bit more here or there. But to be successful. What club would you never sign for? Tottenham, of course. But let me flip the question. I think there are only a few clubs that I'd like to sign for. I think to sign to a club, you have to be committed. It has to suit you. You need to feel comfortable and you need to feel wanted. That's why I've always signed for clubs that have played for, because they've really wanted me. And I felt comfortable to join them. Arsenal is a massive, massive club, so it was always a dream for me to play in the Premier League. And there are only a few clubs I'd join. Let me put it like that. In what profession would you like to try after you leave football? You know what? I'm very crazy about cars, so I'd love to be on a TV show where you can review and try out new cars. In Germany, we have a cool show called Grip, but I think you guys have won over here called Top Gear, right? That would be great fun. I'd love to give that a go. What country will you live in once you stop playing football? Oh, I love Italy. I've lived there for two and a half years and I love the people there and I love their way of life. I love the south of France and Spain too. I guess I'm a child of the world because I've had the privilege of going to so many different countries. And I have to say I've loved every single day I've spent in all these different countries. There's always something new to learn or experience. I wouldn't be able to tell you the one place where I could definitely see myself living one day. But it would have to be sunny. Are there any countries you've never visited that you like to? To be honest, no. Football has taken me to so many different countries throughout my career, but I guess it wouldn't be really different experience with my family and friends rather than football. I'd like to revisit a few countries knowing that I'd not have a game to play out there. Have your kids started playing football yet? Oh yes, we have a daughter first and at the start she wasn't really into football. She was far more interested in dolls and things like that. But now we've got a few footballs around the house. She's working on her touch. She's only three. What do you still want to achieve away from football? When I was younger, I started a, I started a little complicated because I was set on inventing something that no one else had done before. But you realise quite quickly that when you're looking at for something, we have almost everything. And it really does exist. But... Recently, I've been building something that I can grow and leave behind for my kids and their children. It's not official yet. I'll reveal it one day. I've always loved the idea of building something for my kids that they can pick up one day and keep in the family. Football is my career, and I don't know what my kids will want to do. So I'll leave them their children and their grandchildren, something that they can work on together. I want to build something that can be passed on through the generations. Who is the next big thing in Germany national team youth squad? Well, to be honest, we have a few in Germany. But I'm never a fan of signing out individual players. We have so much pressure already in this sport. I don't really want to give them any more pressure. But I think there's also so many talented young players in England right now. I just really hope that they can make it to the top. Football is crazy and anything can happen. So I wish nothing but the best for all of them. Do you have any plans for meals over the week? No, this is something that I hate. 
My wife and I always have the same discussions about what we're going to eat for dinner. I like to eat. I want to mix things up a bit with our dinners sometimes, but neither of us are most creative people when it comes to being in the kitchen. How are you planning birthdays for family, members, kids, partners, etc.? Oh, I'm the worst. My wife was born and grew up in Switzerland, so she's very organised and prepared with things like that, but I'm probably the worst for it. I'm always very last minute. What invention does the world need most, in your opinion? That's a very good question. I would say a drink that calms you down and gives you peace of mind. I think that the way the world currently is, we're never happy with things, and we want more and more and more. So we forget about what we have and what we've done. We forget about our families around us and our parents because you're so stressed and you're always doing things and you work and then you forget. But you give love to the people around you. It would be nice to have a drink that can really remind you of that health that you have and the house with the wife and the kids. Finally, you are told there is a spare seat on the next trip to the International Space Station. Do you go? Why? If you do, and there were two seats, who would you take with you? I think I'd be too scared. I'd do it if I was single and I had no wife or kids, but now I'd be too worried. It's too much of a risk. Arsenal Women. News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. More Montemuro. Arsenal Media recently conducted a lengthy interview with Joe Montemuro, who spoke in great detail about his coaching philosophy. It's a fascinating read and certainly confirms the fact that the future of Arsenal women is in very good hands. You can find the full interview on arsenal.com, but here's a taste of Joe talking about how he sees Arsenal women's future progress. The reality is that I've always thought in long-term scenarios. I've never thought in short-term solutions. It's just not the way I am, or the way I do things. The biggest thing for me is that most successful clubs and managers usually think long-term. I like that project. I like that process of growth. I like those little layers that you keep adding to, to get better and better and better. I honestly think that in our current situation with women's football, There are these little layers that we've got to keep adding. I'm lucky enough to be part of this growth. I'm lucky enough to be at a club that is forward-thinking in that sense. I actually quite like that, and the fact that we need to be creative with what we've got, instead of trying to do things that we know we can't do, because that comes back to bite you. I like the fact that we have to be creative, grow steadily, grow properly, because once you have those solid foundations, they last forever. I'm very clear and positive on that, and the project that we've got here at the moment. Internationals. As usual, a number of Arsenal women were on international duty, earning some fantastic results for their countries recently. The most eye-catching was undoubtedly Austria's shutout of the ever-powerful France side, who are currently ranked the third best team in the world. Vicky Schnaderbach and Manuela Zimberg both played 90 minutes with Manu making a remarkable 10 saves. It was a far simpler night for the Netherlands in Kosovo, winning 6-0. To no one's surprise, Viviane Midema was on the score sheet, as was Daniela van der Donk. Lastly, Malin Good 
and Leah Walty both started for Switzerland in a 2-0 away win over Romania. Training hard. With a gap in games due to the international break, Arsenal women have been keeping up their fitness levels and their spirits in training recently. Let's hope the Arsenal defenders are never as statuesque in front of Lydia and Manu as the pose they are striking. 2020-2021 fixtures. September the 6th, Reading, 6-1. September the 12th, West Ham United, 9-1. September 26th, Tottenham, FA Cup quarter-final, 4-0. October 1st, Man City, FA Cup semi-final, 1-2. October 4th, Bristol City, 3-1. October 7th, Chelsea, CC, 1-4. October 11th, Brighton and Hove Albion, 5-0. October 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, 6-1. November 4th, London City Lionesses, CC, away. November 8th, Manchester United, 12pm, away. November 15th, Chelsea, 2.30pm, home. November 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, CC, away. December 6th, Birmingham City, home. December 13th, Manchester City, away. December 20th, Everton, home. January 9th, stroke 10th, Aston Villa, away. January 16th, stroke 17th, Reading, away. January 23rd, stroke 24, West Ham United, home. February 6th, stroke 7th, Manchester City, home. February 10th, 11th or 12th, Chelsea, away. March 6th, stroke 7th, Birmingham City, away. March 17th stroke 18th, Manchester United, home. March 27th stroke 28th, Tottenham Hotspur, away. April 3rd stroke 4th, Bristol City, away. April 24th stroke 25th, Brighton and Hove Albion, home. May 1st stroke 2nd, Everton, away. May 8th stroke 9th, Aston Villa, home. Women's Super League at October 29th. Arsenal played 5-1-5, drawn 0, lost 0, 4-29, against 4, goal difference 25, points 15. Everton played 5-1-4, drawn 1, lost 0, 4-16, against 3, goal difference 13, points 13. Manchester United played 5-1-4, drawn 1, lost 0, 4-14, against 5, Goal difference 9 points 13. Chelsea played 4 1 3, drawn 1, lost 0, 4 14, against 2, goal difference 12 points 10. Manchester City played 5 1 2, drawn 2, lost 1, 4 8, against 5, goal difference 3 points 8. Reading played 5 1 2, drawn 1, Lost 2, 4, 6, against 9, goal difference minus 3.7. Birmingham City played 5, 1, 2, drawn 0, lost 3, 4, 7, against 8, goal difference minus 1.6. Brighton and Hove Albion played 5, 1, 1, drawn 2, lost 2, 4, 4, against 10, goal difference minus 6.5. Tottenham Hotspur played 5-1-0, 
drawn 1, lost 4, 4, 3, against 13, goal difference minus 10, points 1. West Ham United played 5, 1, 0, drawn 1, lost 4, 4, 5, against 18, goal difference minus 13, points 1. Aston Villa played 3, 1, 0, drawn 0, lost 3, 4, 1, against 11, goal difference minus 10, points 0. Bristol City played 4, 1, 0, drawn 0, lost 4, 4-1 against 20, goal difference minus 18, points 0. History. Brief encounters. Only two Norwegian teams have previously taken on the Gunners, and only one player from Norway has featured for Arsenal's first team. European Cup first round, Stromskot set 1, Arsenal 3. First leg, September the 15th, 1971. Arsenal 4, set 0. Second leg, September the 29th, 1971. The Gunners 7-1 aggregate victory over the Norwegian part-timers doesn't do justice to the fascinating story behind this tie. This was Arsenal's first ever European Cup tie after they qualified, having won the league and FA Cup double the season before. Bertie Mee's men travelled to Oslo on September the 15th and won comfortably, in the end, thanks to an early goal by Peter Simpson, a beautifully curled effort from Scottish winger Peter Marinello and a 20-yard drive from midfielder Eddie Kelly. But after Arsenal went 2-0 up, Steiner Peterson reduced the deficit and roared on by a passionate home crowd. Peterson hit Gunners goalkeeper Bob Wilson's post with a great shot. Like Arsenal, Storm's good set had completed the league and cup double in the previous campaign after a titanic tussle with Rosenberg, managed by former Gunners player from the 1930s, George Curtis. A decade before, Storm's good set were mired in the depths of Norway's regional 4th Division, but inspirational coach Einar Larsen spearheaded their surge through the Norwegian leagues. Situated on the modest town of Drammen, some 27 miles west of Oslo, Stromsgudset was a multi-sport club, with sections for ice hockey, handball and bandy, a winter game played on skis. Several of the football players were also accomplished bandy stars, like the majority of Norwegian clubs in that era, the players were dubbed part-time professionals, trained twice a week, and received 100 crowns, 5 to 6 pounds, for a league win, and half that for a draw. For the European Cup clashes with Arsenal, the Drammen-based players received double their normal bonuses. The players were an eclectic mix of university students, bank clerks, and insurance salesmen, with centre-back Jan Christiansen working at a local armaments factory as an explosive expert. In the return leg at Highbury, in front of a crowd of 27,146, Arsenal swatted the Norwegians aside with a comfortable 4-0 victory, thanks to goals from Ray Kennedy, John Radford too, and George Armstrong. Bertie Mee remarked, 
Over both legs, their players have proved themselves to be robust and skilled, and with the right coaching, will only improve as time progresses. Within a decade, the Norway national team shocked England 2-1 in Oslo during a World Cup qualifier. Re-established in 2013 after a 20-year break, Strum's good set IF remarkably won the top flight, Tipper Ligon, once more in 2013. Fabulous fans. Norway has an established Arsenal supporters club with a healthy membership of 5,967. Arsenal Norway has been sending groups across the North Sea to North London for decades, until this season, of course. A notable gooner from the country is Erling Kager, one of the world's great explorers who, in 1994, became the first person to have reached the North Pole, South Pole and summit of Everest. Make sure you read our Strong Young Gunner section in the programme where we remember Harvard Nordfeld, who came close to being the second Norwegian to play first-team football for us, and George Lewis, the Academy star, hoping to do just that. Remember Paul Lederson. Paul Lederson holds the distinction of being the only Norwegian to make a first-team appearance for Arsenal. The versatile IK start full-back was signed for Arsenal by George Graham in November 1991 as cover for both Lee Dixon and Nigel Winterburn. Lederson, who had played at both left-back and right-back, spoke excitedly about the challenge which awaited him when he arrived in N5. There are many talented Scandinavians who I feel possess the physical strength and the guile to succeed at the highest level in England. But ultimately, Lederson only made 16 starts for the Gunners, setting up a goal for Tony Adams against Nottingham Forest at Highbury in a 3-3 draw in 1991-92, before returning to IK Start on loan for the beginning of the 1993-94 campaign. Lederson was correct in his prediction, though, as a raft of Scandinavian stars, including John Jensen, Denmark, followed Superswede Anders Limpa, who joined Arsenal in 1990 across the North Sea to the English top flight during the early 1990s. UEFA Champions League group stage, Rosenberg won Arsenal 1, September 29, 2004. Arsenal 5, Rosenberg won December 7, 2004. Following a frustrating draw in the Group E clash in Norway on September the 29th, Arsenal boss Arsene Wenger admitted, for all our possession and attacking, they, Rosenborg, were phenomenally well organised and kept us at bay. Freddie Lundberg pounced early to poke the ball home for Arsenal, whom many bookies had installed as favourites to win the competition, following a corner, but Thierry Henry, Robert Pires and Lundberg all missed fine chances to put the game out of reach. In the second half, with a 21,000 crowd at the Lekendal Stadion, roaring their team on, Rosenborg's neat approach work paid dividends. A swift counter-attack allowed Oivin Storfloor space down the left, and he superbly cut the ball back for Rohrstrand to side-foot firmly beyond the reach of Jens Lehmann and claim his tenth European goal for Rosenborg. Ten out of eleven players, defender Mikhail Dawson was the exception, were Norwegian. 
On December the 7th, in front of a 35,421 Highbury crowd, Arsenal put Rosenborg to the sword as they cruised into the knockout stages of the Champions League. With just three minutes on the clock, Jose Antonio Reyes latched on to a wonderfully weighted Dennis Bergkamp pass to slalom round a defender and slot home the Gunners' first goal. Thierry Henry then capitalised on a defensive error to nudge Arsenal further ahead, and after a spot of ball juggling, Cesc Fabregas gave Arsenal a 3-0 lead midway through the first half. Rosenborg hit the post before pulling a goal back on 38 minutes through Ehrlich Hofton, much to the delight of their 2,000 fans, many of whom were clad in Viking helmets, before goalkeeper Espen Jonsson's foul on Thierry Henry shortly before half-time gave Robert Pires the opportunity to put the Gunners 4-1 up at the break. Arsenal had several chances to pile on the goals in the second half, but Robin van Persie was the only one to take his chance and give the Gunners an excellent 5-1 win. The Arsenal Foundation, my story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation's Emergency Covid Fund has helped SJOG Hospitalers Services, an international charity that supports the disabled, elderly, homeless and people from religious minorities. Miguel Neves, 53, the charity's national lead for homeless and modern-day slavery and trafficking, tells us about their work. I am Portuguese, from Lisbon, and 20 years ago I came to the UK as a migrant looking to restart my life and have new experiences. I have worked in social care since arriving here, including as a home care manager for Islington and a service manager in Camden. In 2015 I joined SJOG at Olalo House, a hostel in central London, and we haven't stopped developing and growing since then. The Order of St John of God was founded in Darlington in the 1880s and provides services and housing support for individuals with learning difficulties, mental health issues, the homeless, and victims of modern-day slavery and trafficking. When I started with SJOG, we supported about 30 people in our homeless services. This has increased to more than 120, not counting victims of trafficking and slavery. We receive referrals on an almost daily basis and we have to settle those people in quickly and keep them safe. We didn't see an increase in demand during the first lockdown because the whole homeless population was shielded in hotels, but what we did find was that the ones who were in service couldn't be moved on. That led to a bottleneck where we couldn't accept new individuals because there was no vacancies. Unfortunately, with the winter looming and respiratory diseases increasing in conjunction with the second wave of COVID, we expect an increase in demand. The lack of spaces is a real issue, especially for those who are most vulnerable because of their age or pre-existing conditions. For us, it's about delivering our services in a safe and responsible way. My proudest moments working here are always when I see someone move on with a job and accommodation. To see individuals regain their independence and leave us with a live future they are happy with and which is long-lasting and resilient. We use the funds from the Arsenal Foundation to buy PPE to protect residents and staff in delivering the services. The money was vital to help us maintain the safety of our residents and colleagues. 
Football clubs are important social agents and are able to galvanise their supporters around causes like not many organisations are able to. We all understand that football is a business that moves a great deal of funds and that clubs have to invest in players to stay profitable and visible, but at the same time they are grassroots movements and as such part of their communities and must have the willingness to also be a social player and support the organisations that assure the well-being and existence of the communities they are part of. For more info, visit sjog.org.uk. The Visitors Mould by Mike Hammond Formed 1911 Nickname MFK Stadium Acker Stadium Honours Top Tier Winners 2011, 12, 14 and 19. Chairman, Odd Van Moen. Social followers, Twitter, 14,600. Instagram, 26,500. Facebook, 44,800. Champion of Norway four times in the last decade. The first of them fittingly in 2011. The year of the club's centenary. Mould Football Club, one of the contemporary heavyweights of Norwegian football, together with the coastal rivals and record champions Rosenberg. For that, they owe a large debt to former player Oli Gunnar who led them both to that 2011 league title and a successful defence in 2012, as well as a Norwegian Cup triumph in 2019. It was the man who assisted Scholskar in the second Spellers Mould manager from 2015 to 18, after the current Manchester United bosses brief and unsuccessful first foray into the Premier League with Cardiff City, who led them to another title in 2019. The Erling Moe achieved the feat as the first full campaign in the hot seat. It was a dominant triumph too. Mould finishing 14 points clears of runners-up Buba Glimt, with 21 wins from their 30 matches. The likelihood that those roles will be reversed when the 2020 league campaign comes to a close, Bobo Glim, having opened up a large gap at the top of the table, are looking firmly on course for their maiden Norwegian championship crown. Because of COVID, there's been a delay to the season. Mold schedule has been practically non-stop since it kicked off back in mid-June, with fixtures to fulfil almost every weekend and midweek. Since late August, the club's midweek dates have been filled with European games. Starting out in the UEFA Champions League first qualifying round, Mould beat finished champions Coupe 5, 5-0 at home, before overcoming the Kalep of Slovenia, who had already knocked out Dundalk 2-1 at the Acker Stadium. Then they eliminated Karabag on penalties after a 0-0 away draw and were excruciatingly close of making it through to the Champions League proper, only to be denied in the playoffs by Fener Kavros. Not only on away goals, but on an extremely harsh handball penalty that enabled the Hungarian side to draw the first leg 3-3 in Norway before holding Mould 0-0 in Budapest. Mould's disappointment at not making it through to Europe's elite club competition for the second time. Their one previous involvement was in 1999-2000. 
was immersed, but they have made a very positive start to the Europa League group stage when they are compelling for the third time. After 2012-13, they failed to progress. 2015-16, they were denied the odds by topping the group, containing Ajax, Celtic and Fenerbahce, before going out in a round of 32. Nil three away and one nil at home to eventual winners Sevilla. An opening 2-1 win against Dundalk in Dublin two weeks ago was supplemented by last Thursday's 1-0 home success against Rapid Vienna. So they visit Edinburgh Stadium with maximum points, plenty of confidence and general aspirations of extending an already lengthy European campaign to spring into action in 2021. Scouting Report by Michael Cox After two matches of Group B, the situation is clear. Arsenal and Mould have two wins apiece. Whilst Rapid Vienna and Dalton Dundalk are yet to get off the mark, the Norwegian side are eventually the strongest opposition Arsenal will face in this season's group stage. And they may cause the Gunners problems with their speedy attacking into wide positions. Managing Earl and Moe, a lifelong Coventry City fan, was previously Oni Gunnar Solskjaer assistant at Mould. Before succeeding him when Solskjaer departed to take charge of Man United two years ago, thus far kept things simple and consistent, favouring a 4-2-3-1 formation. Moe's biggest challenge over the course of 2020 has been injuries, particularly in defensive positions. The entire back four have been out at some stage this season. With a long-term absence of right-back Krista Hafko, a particular problem, Mo has compensated his absence by rotating youngsters Marco Pedersen and American midfielder Henry Wingo. In the centre, Martin Bibbank and Rude Gürtlen have reliable partnership, whilst left-back Christopher Hagen is capable of pushing forward to the overlap. Mould may start this game relatively cautiously, but at their first combination down the flanks can open up opposition defences. Mo likes to keep things solid in the centre of the pitch, usually fielding a steady combination of Hussein and Usaris in front of the defence. This allows captain Maglis Wolf Ekrim the freedom to push forward into the attack. His career has been closely linked to that of Scholskar. He was originally spotted by Mould as a teenager at one of Scholskar's soccer schools. Spent five years at Man United where Scholskar was reserve manager and then played under him in two more stints and at Cardiff City. Mo made him captain at the start of the season. On this day Ekrim is capable of dominating games in midfield and pushing hard in the final third. Out wide Eric is a reputable operator and combines well with the overlapping fullback. Whilst down the left, Mo used both Mathis Brolly, a speedy but not particularly prolific Ivory Coast international, or Ulla Brunson, a youngster who arrived in the summer. Again, he continues well with Hagen, as Mould looked to work on that ball-crossing situation. Up front, Nigerian striker Lecky James was the star of Mould's 2019 success, scoring 17 goals. Although, he's been less prolific this season and has been working his way back from injury. This means Mo has instead turned to another player of Nigerian descent, Oha, who has led the line so far in the Europa League, scoring the winner in the 2-1 victory over Dundalk and the only goal in the 1-0 win over Rapid Vienna last week. 
Both are good, all-round strikers, but Murray's unlikely to start them both together at the Emirates in what is likely to be a defensive approach from the Norwegian side. Joe Willock, in his own words. Our young midfielder is determined to make this a big season as he looks to establish himself further in the first team. As you can see in our squad, there's so much competition right now and there are so many players who are fighting for a spot in the starting eleven and even the bench, so it's really important to keep your mind right and your body fit. I've tried to take things up a level this season by paying closer attention to my diet and the finer details because it can make such a vital difference at the top. I hired a new chef over the summer and she's got me eating really well. It's so helpful for me because not only are all my meals structured and planned out in advance to help me with training and match days, but it also gives me time to focus and impressive other areas of my game too. It's only a small change, but sometimes the smallest of changes can make a big difference. At the tail end of last season, I also started writing in a journal on the night before every game. I thought I'd give it a try and see how it goes and this season I've really started doing it properly. It could be anything in there. Sometimes I'll write down that I want to score a goal or make five tackles, and other times I'll write down Mikel's instructions or game plan in detail. It all started because I was speaking to some of the other boys and they said that they'd been implementing some other similar ideas, so I thought why not give it a try. It's something that's really good for my own mental state because it allows me to set a target think about it and become familiar with it and when I'm out on the pitch it really sticks out in my mind and a few have come true already. I feel like I've really improved my mindset over the past year too. When I'm not playing well or I'm not in the squad of course it bothers me but it's all about how you react and how you approach the next day. I'll never stop working hard for opportunities at this club and I'll always persevere to the end. I feel like that mentality and focus has helped me a lot this season and when I think back to my first ever training session with the first team I really believe I've come on in leaps and bounds both on and off the pitch. I feel like I'm so much smarter on the pitch in my movements and positioning and I also feel like I'm a better professional than I ever was before. I put a lot of that down to the manager because ever since he's come in he's been so precise with everything that he's telling me and I really appreciate that. I like to have clarification on what people want from me, and when I'm given that, I feel I can be the best version of myself. I can't wait to get some more opportunities and show the fans just how much I've improved under Mikel. But of course, I've got a new midfielder to compete with in Thomas Partey now. We've played Atletico Madrid in a number of ties over the years, so I've seen Thomas in action a few times, and I'm a big fan of his. When he arrived at the club, I thought I'd take a moment to tell him just how much I liked his style of play and that I'm really looking forward to combining with him. He's a brilliant addition to the team. Speaking to the lads in the dressing room before he joined, they were all saying that he's such a strong midfielder, but he's so technical too. He's a player that we needed. He can break up play, dish balls out at speed and keep possession ticking over. So he's a really good signing and we've seen that in all our training sessions so far. 
I'm just so excited to be given opportunities under Mikel after all the work that we've been doing on the training ground. And with players like Partey joining the club, I'm even more excited to get out there. He's someone that I can learn from as a younger player in the team. I'd also like to take a moment to congratulate Bukeo and Ainsley on making their debuts for England last month. Having seen both of them grow up through the academy here at Arsenal, it was amazing to see them get the rewards for their hard work. From the moment I first played with Bukeo in the academy, I knew he was going to go far and never doubted that he could prove himself in the first team. He's such a talented player, but above all else, his mindset, attitude and work rate is spot on. He's already leading by example. As for Ainsley, he's had some difficult moments where things weren't quite going right for him, but he persevered, came through the other side and received his call-up, and that's something that really inspires me to keep working harder. I'm feeling really strong and mature on the pitch at the moment, so I'm really hoping that I can get out on the pitch and show the results of all my hard work as often as possible. I thought I did well against Dundalk last week, contributed with a fair amount. That's what I want to do. I want to score goals, create goals, and to get an assist and a goal, I'm really happy to do that. I just want to push on and do it more in the Premier League. I obviously love scoring. The ball dropped to me kind of fast, but I stayed composed. I looked at the keeper and I slotted it in. I've been working on it in training, so I'm happy it paid off that day. When I look back at my performances, I'm no longer seeing an academy player who's playing within himself or looking nervous. I think I look mature out there and settled on the ball, and that's a really big step to make when you're a young player trying to prove your worth. Now I just need to keep working hard to make sure I'm ready for any opportunity that's handed my way. Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper 2. Hector Bellerin 3. Kieran Tierney 4. William Saliba 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos 6. Gabriel 7. Bukeo Saka 8. Dani Ceballos 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Masut Ozil 12. Willian 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Thomas Partey 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Schroeder Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mori 23. David Lewis 24. Rhys Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 28. Joe Willock 30. Eddie Nketiah 31. Zyrd Kolasinac 32. Emil Smith-Rowe 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Gabriel Martinelli 38. Follerin Bolligan For Mulder Manager Erling Moy Blue shirts and shorts with white socks 1. Andreas Linder, goalkeeper 
2. Martin Bjornback 3. Burke Rieser 5. Sheriff Sinian 6. Stian Gregerson 7. Magnus Wolf Ekrim 9. Matthias Morstrom 10. Lika James 11. Martin Ellingson 12. Alessandro Kraninks, goalkeeper 14. Erling Knudson 15. Tobias Christiansen 16. Edsas Hussein 17. Frederick Unsnes 19. Eric Hestad 20. Henry Wingo 22. Ola Brynhilsson 23. Erik Uland Andersson 26. Matthias Runmark, goalkeeper 27. Marcus Holmgren Pedersen 28. Christopher Haugen 30. Mattis Bolly 34. Oliver Peterson, goalkeeper 37. Ole Sebastian Sungurt 40. Adrian Ugelvi 43. Lloyd Adrian Dala Fagali 44. Jacob Jacobson Bolso 46. Ola Hull Levick, goalkeeper 47. Seaman Beck 49. David Sissoko 54. Matthias Fjortoft Lovic 99. Oe Omoi Yoampho Match Officials Referee Halil Umid Mela, Turkey Assistant Referees Ibrahim Kagla Yuakan, Turkey Martin Margaritov, Bulgaria Fourth Official Bahatin Simsek, Turkey Today's fixtures, 5.55pm unless stated 5, 4, 3, 2 Group A, Roma vs CFR Cluj Young Boys vs CSKA Sofia, 8pm Group B, Rapid Vienna vs Dundalk Group C, H. Beersheva vs Bayer Leverkusen Slavia Prague vs Nice Group D. Lake Poznan vs. Standard Liege. Benfica vs. Rangers. Group E. PAOK Salonica vs. PSV. O. Nicosia vs. Granada. Group F. Rijeka vs. Napoli. Real Sociedad vs. AZ. Group G. Leicester vs. Braga, 8pm. Zoria vs. AEK, 8pm. Group H, Celtic vs. Sparta Prague, 8pm. Milan vs. Liu, 8pm. Group I, Sivaspor vs. FK Karabakh. Villarreal vs. Maccabi Tel Aviv, 8pm. Group J, Lugo Goretz vs. Tottenham. R. Antwerp vs. LASK, 8pm. Group K, Dynamo Zagreb vs. Wolfsburg, 8pm. Feyenoord vs. CSKA, 8pm. Glupel, Hoffenheim vs. Slovan Liberic, 8pm. Red Star vs. Ghent, 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Invented in the lab, proven on the pitch. Fuel like the Gunners. Gatorade. Number one sports drink in the world. The official sports drink of Arsenal Football Club. Sky Sports. Watch it live. Feel it all. Credit goals? Count on the experts. You wouldn't have much to celebrate if one of our credit geeks was trying to score at football. But when it comes to crunching the numbers, you can count on the MBNA team. Whether you're looking to squish existing balances together or just need a backup for when things get stretched, you'll find a great range of credit card options with us. Find out more at mbna.co.uk MBNA, official partner of Arsenal.